Vegas and Florida dropped the puck for Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. We'll tee that one up for you guys. And we got some more questions in the mailbag that we didn't get to earlier in the week, so we'll finish up with those as well. You're listening to Locked On Leafs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano from TSN, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. All right, earlier in the week, we did a, um, we did a, a mailbag segment and we ended up getting tons of questions so it ended up kind of being dispersed into two different shows you can go back and listen to those but there were still some questions left over and we said we would get to them later in the week so we're actually going to get to those uh, a little bit later on in today's show so definitely uh, make sure that you stay tuned we'll get to the rest of those questions if we didn't get to you earlier in the week a couple of real solid ones still out there for us to have some good discussions so i'm excited for that but, Dave, uh, tonight's Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. We've got the series shifting into Florida. They are now the home team and hopefully have a little bit more momentum that they can try and build by being at home. Do you give them any shot in hell of uh, getting back into this uh, back into this thing down 2-0? Yeah, I mean, you always want to – the home team will always say that they need that one home game to see if they if they have that opportunity to get back to the series and for you know for Florida's sake if they if they go down 3-0 it's going to be all she wrote like curtains uh, buddy curtains yeah. like I saw, I, I saw a stat that though to to give Florida a little bit of hope um since the year 2000 when a team goes down 2-0 in a series the team who is 0-2 heading into game 3 is 10 and 2 in those third games. So, it's a good trend if you're the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I mean they got they're going to have a lot have to go right for them in order to reverse the trend that they're currently on right now. But what I do think when uh, when you look at the Panthers and what's been ailing them the first two games of the series, like it's it's going to be a tough mountain cuz the very first one that has to happen is Sergey Bobrovsky is going to have to actually turn into a superstar again right and yeah. you know vegas now a lot of people are talking about the time off and how that's impacting him i mean if he doesn't get it together in game three like that's I mean, what it could just mean is vegas is finding ways to beat him right they probably took the time to- they are i think Vegas deserves a lot of credit for the way that they're playing the way that they are battling for that net front positioning they're getting traffic and bodies to the net like they certainly are finding ways to beat Bobrovsky um, and Florida in front of him needs to find a way to allow him to see pucks. Cause if he can't see it, he's not going to, he can't stop it. Right. That's another right. thing too. I think a lot of credit you can give to the golden Knights for how well that they've played 
but also I think Bobrovsky, a big reason why he's allowed eight goals through what's he played now, 88 minutes of hockey in this series. Yeah, because he got pulled in in uh, 12 minute the 12 minute mark. Yeah, a uh, big reason for it is the guys in front of him not clearing paths, just not playing well enough in front of him. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot has been talked about. You know, having to throw their support behind Bobrovsky, but it's also like maybe also play better in front of him too, right? Like exactly. I I just don't understand how you can you know say well if Bobrovsky turns things around, the Panthers are back on track, but a lot more has to go right, including the Panthers starting to play like they did in the first you know, three rounds, which is keeping the games close and get that timely goal. And unfortunately right now, like Vegas just has too much firepower, too much depth that, yeah, you can try to keep the top guys in Jack, but then you're seeing other guys step up. And I think the big one, I mean, Jonathan Marshall. So I said, I liked his chances to be a con Smythe because, you know, Florida is going to do their best to look after, Eichel, Stone, like that line there, and then here comes uh, here comes Jonathan Marshall, and he's just like, all right, I'll just I'll just pick up and you know go on a just absolute tear. So I did put a wager down on Fanduel for Jonathan Marshall to win the Smite before the the third round for the Cup final. So I'm liking my, I'm liking my chances right now with that one. Yeah, I've got the same wager. I also have got Jonathan Marcheseau to lead the Stanley Cup final and goal scored. Looking good there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, when I'm looking on FanDuel, speaking of, I mean, the Panthers are favored to win this game. They're minus 120 on the money line, expected yeah. to win and, and make this a bit of a series here as the series shifts to home ice. I did find it funny how early in the series – it was like five and a half. That was that was the the over under total. It's moved to six and a half. So uh, expecting, I guess, maybe a bit more scoring here um, on both sides, considering that Bobrovsky is is no longer uh, otherworldly like he was for about uh, a month there. So maybe expecting a little bit more goals to be scored as well. Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening. But should be uh, should be a good game. Obviously, the the Golden Knights. If they could take a 3-0 lead, I mean, it's just that's that's it for them, obviously. So they will definitely be looking to do so, similarly to the way they did against the Dallas Stars in the Western Final. Um, all right, let's take a break. Let's come back. Let's get to some of these listener questions that we had for the mailbag earlier in the week. So we'll get to those in just a moment. But before we do, why don't we tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors and our our good friends from game time buy tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have game time is the place for last minute ticket deals it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason get tickets of your seat uh, get images of your seat before you buy it so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy them in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Snag the tickets without any stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. 
Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Welcome back into the Locked On at Least podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. We do new shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. If you are not subscribed, we ask that uh, if you enjoy the content that we're giving you, go ahead, toss us a subscription. That'd be greatly appreciated up on YouTube. Give us a subscribe also if you're listening wherever you get your podcast. Leave a comment down below. Uh, let us know anything that uh, – let us know the answers to the – following questions that we're about to get to here in this mailbag segment. So why don't we get things started here? Um, So if you missed it, we had a part one and a part two earlier in the week. And so if your question didn't get answered here, then it definitely got answered on part one or part two. So go back and and re-listen or watch uh, the earlier episodes from uh, Monday and Tuesday. But we do have a few remaining that we wanted to get to. So we thought this would be a, a good time to, uh, to get to that. So let's toss one of these bad boys up here and let's get to it, Dave. Which one? All right, let's, go, let's go to the Discord here and we're going to go to uh, Blue 13. Hmm. Do the Leafs keep the first rounder or move it at the draft? If kept, who are you favoring and why? If moved, what do you see happening? Ooh. Okay. You can answer the uh, if kept who are you favoring and why? Because I'll be completely honest. I haven't dug enough into the draft yet. This was going to be my weekend project was to dig into the draft and start to hone in on some potential lease prospects because they do have that first-round pick that they got for Rasmus Sandin. It's the 28th overall pick. It's Boston's original selection. Um, so I'm going to be looking into it this weekend to, to see exactly you know, which prospects I, I do like and that are going to be in that range. Um, do I think that they keep it or move it? I think it's going to depend on what happens. Um, you know, what, what trades I suppose they can try and do. Like if they have an opportunity to get better, I don't think that they are going to be shy to move that first round pick. I'll say that if there's a way to get better and, and, you know, there's a, a, a good offer on the table. I don't think they'd be reluctant to move that first round pick. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I mean, it's not a pick where you're saying like I think it all depends. Like the Leafs have time to decide really how they want to go about this. And I think the best option will be if somebody if a few players that they really want to take have been already snagged off the board, trade back. Right? There's going to be teams that will definitely want to trade back in, um especially at, you know, at that point in the draft in that you get to that like 22 to 23 range that's where draft boards start to look a little more clear and <coughs> sorry i think i think that's going to be the leafs case here where i think they're I, I think they're most likely to trade it but i think you know if there is a player that's i don't know on their board that maybe falls you could see them decide you know what we're just gonna keep the pick and we're just gonna make a selection here and actually for locked on we did a little bit of a mock draft uh that's gonna be coming out i believe in the, in the coming weeks obviously before the draft yeah. so we i i actually put down our pick for who i think the leaf should pick without even consulting with me guys without even yeah i didn't with me he basically said mike take a seat i got this i'm gonna go ahead and just turn the card in no question no discussion dave just said 
I got this. Pal. Mike was the uh, Brad living. He wasn't allowed at the draft table, and I just took over, and I just said, yeah, I'm making the pick for us. Yeah, basically what happened. So the thing here about with, with the Leafs pick, and like we know that the Leafs have certainly different um, avenues they could go. They could go on defense. There are a couple of players that intrigue me there, uh, one of them uh, being a London Knight, actually, in Oliver Bonk. He is the son of Radic. Yeah, Radic Bonk. So there's some uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a gene there with uh, you know father son duel. Got decent size, so more of a defensive style defenseman. He did put up 40 points this year playing for London. He's not known well for his offensive game, but you know he's he'd be a good solid defensive defenseman. You know if the Leafs are looking for that in that range. He's likely going to be around in that range, so that's someone that the Leafs could look at there. If the Leafs don't go on defense, and I I do think that center is an area that the Leafs could look to acquire or look to address at the draft, and usually you try to get you know the centers. You know we saw Fraserman go in the second round, uh, you know in last year's draft. I think you know there's a few guys that could be there. Like you got all Oscar Fisker Mulgard. Uh, he's a, he's a guy that you could look at in that potential spot there. He's gonna roughly be available late first round. So, um, yeah, that, that's an option there. You can obviously look at other defensemen too. I, I just think center defense are like the two areas you look at. And when you get to that range, everyone says we'll take the best player available. Sometimes teams just go with the best on their board, and it might not be a guy that teams have, like scouts or analysts have as pegged the first round pick. But if he's high up on the draft board, that's where I think uh, that's what I think the Leafs should do. I think they should. Yeah, you don't want to go strictly for positionally. You want to take the best available, but you also have to realize what exactly in your cupboard you need to address. And I think blue liners and centermen are two that the Leafs need to address. Yeah, they could really use a little bit of anything though. They've got a they've got a just a, a pretty you know barren cupboard when it comes to um you know blue chip talent, we'll say. Like there's a bunch of guys, you know, in the Nick Abruzzese range where it's like, yeah, maybe he could become a you know fourth liner or some sort of like fringe contributor, but they could use a little bit more of higher end upside where it's like, yes, this guy's a legitimate NHL or we know he's going to be. Um I, like I'm just looking at uh, some draft rankings right now. Tony Ferrari, our good friend, uh, friend of the show, has Dalbor Dvorsky 21st in his ranking. If Dalbor Dvorsky did get down into like the 20s, uh, that would be someone who I believe Toronto should try and move up for and try and snag because I doubt he would get down to 28. But if he does start to slip a little bit, that'd be someone who I think would be interesting. Six foot one, 200 pounds. He's a centerman playing in, in in the men's league overseas already. You saw him play uh, at the World Juniors. Well, I watched him play at the World Juniors. I thought that he was really, really good uh, when he was there. So, uh, to me, Dalibor Dvorsky would be a really interesting name if he were able to to kind of slide all the way down for, uh, for the Maple Leafs. I don't see that happening. I think he's a guy who's like top – 15 for sure maybe even could get into the top 10 but that is someone who uh, tony ferrari has slid down his prospect rankings a little bit so that's kind of an interesting name to keep an eye on i would say as well 
All right, let's uh, let's get to another one. All right, so we're gonna go with another uh, Discord. I mean, the rest of them are from the Discord, so I should note that. Um, it's talking about a former Calgary Flames, or sorry, a current Calgary Flames defenseman, someone that former Flames general manager and current these general manager Brad Chili knows a little thing about. Who moves for Rasmus Anderson in Calgary? What is the f- the first field experiment trivialing tri- tri- uh, Brad Trilliving brings in to stir things up? I was so, a little confused about that question at first when I read it. Well, yeah, I I, I get it. This is a bit of a chirp, I guess, at Brad Trilliving, like because most guys, you know, GM sometimes will start to bring in their old players. You know, case in yeah. point, Kyle Dubas and the Sioux, right? Dubas always went and brought in guys from the Sioux. So I think he's saying, all right, who? what's another failed experiment type of guy who Brad Trilliving maybe, uh, you know, didn't work out somewhere else, but he had him in Calgary at once and maybe wants to bring him back into the fold. Like if I go and I look at Calgary, like that team in particular, and if there's anyone I'm looking at as, as maybe someone who could make their way over to Toronto um, who is in Calgary, like I don't know if I see anyone really that makes a whole lot here like uh, could you bring in a milan lucic to be like a fourth line winger for this team i don't know like i don't see a whole lot of guys in calgary that are really dudes who i think make a lot of sense to to trade for maybe i mean maybe rasmus anderson is is potentially like a guy you could look at yusuf valamaki in arizona was a brad Trilliving draft pick once upon a time maybe they go kind of, uh, you know, picking at, at Arizona for, for defensemen. Um, I, I don't, I would not want to see them trade for Rasmus Anderson though. Like he's okay, but it's a bit, bit of a high cap hit for me at, at four and a half for the next three years. And he really had a bit of a down year and, and injuries also kind of got in the way uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, I mean, he's, he's okay. What do you have? 49 points this year in 79 games, 11 goals. So, like, he's coming off of a career season. Maybe. Maybe he could go after a guy like Rasmus Anderson. But why would they trade him? I don't know. Yeah, I just don't see. Yeah, you always see GMs, as you mentioned, go after players. And I, I just think you also look at what Craig Conroy is trying to do in Calgary. He's not looking to blow things up, right? No. He's going to want to keep. He's going to want to improve this roster. So, like, someone like Rasmus Anderson, he might not even want to want to consider moving, right? Oh, uh, okay. So, I, I misread this, actually. So, it appears maybe Canadian Rangers asking us, like, to get Rasmus Anderson, who would you have to trade? So, like, who moves for Rasmus Anderson? So, who would, who would the Leafs have to give up for Rasmus Anderson? Okay. Probably, like, a decent amount, I would think to be honest with you, like he's a right shot top four defenseman probably would take a lot of money who signed for the next three years, probably would take uh, quite a bit to try and get this guy signed. I would think that first round pick probably would have to be in play. The one that the, the Boston Bruins uh, that you got from uh, the Washington Capitals, which is the Boston Bruins pick. And then from there, you're probably looking at, you know, giving up, you know, potentially, you know, a couple of prospects here. Could Nick Robertson be involved potentially if they want to bring in, you know, a, a scoring winger as a prospect? Maybe that could be something that could be um, could be part of the fold. 
potentially one of these other prospects that they have. Uh, Fraser Minton, do they want to go down that department? Do they want to go maybe a Topi Nimala, William Villanova? They've got a, you know, a few goaltending prospects, I suppose, they could try and move uh, move away. But I don't know. I don't know if I see a, a real you know, fit because I, I would assume that Calgary would be looking to do a hockey trade. I don't know if I see like a straight-up hockey trade that makes a lot of sense for, for both teams. Yeah, I just don't see the the fit there. I mean, look, Brad Chilling has mentioned that he wants to improve the defense. And we know that like Rasmussen would probably be a decent fit, but it's who you where would he play, right? Like what's his role? Because right now I would say he's like, you know, he's obviously top four. I think probably one of the top power play guys. We know that's Morgan Rowley's spot right there. So I, I just don't know what exactly a deal would look like there. And again, I just don't think that's something that uh, they're living will be able to pry from Craig, <clears throat> pry from Craig Conroy. All right. Why don't we take one more uh, quick break, Dave, and we get back to the final couple of questions that we have here uh, awaiting our mailbag before we can finally put a bow and answer every single one of these questions from our listeners uh and before we get into all that buddy watch all the good friends uh about our other show sponsored today yep if you're looking for something that's going to fit you right and also look good why don't you go and try bird dogs bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff restricting cotton and they fixed the issue, uh, you know, by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretched so you get way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. I use them when I go out golfing. That's the perfect thing you can have. Uh, you know, you want something that's going to, you know, not that not can be stiff. You want it to move easily. And they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. As you said, it's perfect for when you're going out golfing. So show your, so, you know. I, I, I don't have my bird dogs on right now, unfortunately. I'll have to make sure I do that with these ad reads going forward. But they are just they're they're actually so easy because you can customize the insteam, the size of the insteam, and there's so many great options uh, and great styles with these bird dogs. And you get a free gift if you use the promo code Locked On NHL when you go to birddogs.com/lockedonnhl. You get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. The bird dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Welcome back into the Locked On These podcast. Mike DeStefano and Dave Morissuti. We're continuing to do the remaining questions that we have from our mailbag segment that we did earlier in the week. Just a couple of loose ends that uh, that we didn't get to because it was. Just going a little long, so we said, ah, we'll do them a little later in the week, and here we are. So we've got a couple more. Let's get to them. Toss one, another one up here on the screen, Dave. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's go with uh, – let's go back to Blue 13 because I actually like this one a little bit. Um, what move can GM Bradshaw Living make that will catch you off guard and leave you surprised? Well, I mean, the easy answer is trading Austin Matthews. That would be the easy answer. 
Did you have another answer though? Oh, I was just gonna say anyone from the core four being traded, right? Like I think that was like, most surprising. That wouldn't catch me off guard. It would in a way because we're we've kind of been resigned to the fact that we expect them to be back. Would you be caught off guard if he traded away TJ Brody? Yeah, probably because you won't we no one's talking about TJ Brody being traded, right? But he's also I think he's a pending UFA, so they wouldn't make it wouldn't you know be the most I mean it would be surprised because no one's talking about it. Like maybe that's what I mean you're kind of alluding to and being surprised because no one's talking about it. Well, that's what you like catch you off guard. Like you like last year, for example, when Florida traded Huberto, it was like Huberto was available? What? Like that caught you off guard. Right. Everyone's talking about the core four. And everyone's saying you need to trade one of the core four players. I would not catch me off guard if he actually dealt one of those guys. It's it's more of a finally, it finally happened type of situation. But if he were to trade TJ Brody, a guy who he actually has like a, a long relationship with dating back to the days in Calgary, that would surprise me. But at the same time, I wonder if that could be a, a, a possibility, Dave. TJ Brody just had his 33rd birthday yesterday. We did see him start to take a step back this year in the regular season and then more specifically in the playoffs. I'm not saying that I'm con- I'm I'm concerned with TJ Brody and his game and his contract, but we keep talking about how it seems like Brad True Living doesn't want to trade one of the core four and isn't going to move on from the coach. So if that's the case and they keep running it back with the same core and coach, how are you really expecting things to be different? Well, I think that means you need to make change on the blue line. And the only way to really make significant change and bring in, you know, talent that I think could bring the impact of uh, that could impact change, I suppose, is to bring in better talent. And to do that, you've got to give up some money. And you could get that maybe with TJ Brody's money if you move on from him and, and, and trade him. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be upset if they decide to move TJ Brody because, look, you also brought in Jake McCabe, who is cheaper, right? And yep. you got him under contract a little longer. And, you know, left if you shot, can... Right, like left shot. You've got Moe's yeah. a left shot. You've got McCabe, who's a left shot. You don't have... Basically, Geo also. Yeah, right? And, I mean, Geo is probably going to be one of those, you know, not going to play the full season right i think they finally realized that maybe just playing him too much was a little was not really the smart move on their part but they also just didn't have the depth to consider other options i i I just look at tj brody and look if he's back you're he's gonna play top four you know exactly what you're gonna get out of him but and i think you bring up a good point is like can they maybe do something a little better than tj brody like can tj brody be moved and then they find a way to make it work where they get an upgrade. Now you're not going to trade TJ Brody for an upgrade, but maybe you can find a defenseman that can do things different, or you're just going in a different in, in a different route, right? And you try to get something for TJ Brody now before. Like I don't see TJ Brody resigning here after his contract, just because he's probably going to want 
maybe one last payday if he can go and get it. Mm, I don't know. At thirty, he'll be thirty-four by the time this contract is up. I don't know if he'll be able to get a payday like a multi-year deal at more money than he's making here. Five million. I'd be surprised. Well, not five million, but he might get a, he might get multiple years at a number that works for him. Potentially, potentially, but that would be something that I think would classify as like catch you off guard and be like, wow, I didn't expect to see TJ Brody get dealt. We always talked about the core four and like Kerfoot and Hall and Yangvall and like these other players, uh, Matt Murray. And all of a sudden the guy who leaves is TJ Brody, who's been kind of the steady defenseman over the course of the last few years and actually has a long lasting relationship with, uh, with Brad Trilliving. That would catch me a little off guard, I suppose. But hey, if it if it betters the team, I would be for it. Let me at least say that. Yeah, I mean, you're looking for any. I, I think if you're going to go into next season with the same roster, I I just don't see that being something that this team can do. Just because you gotta, you're. It's clear when you're looking at you look at a team like Vegas, what they've done. That like you got to change the formula a little bit because it's it's just not going to be good enough when you're seeing how good these other teams are. And here's something too. So when he originally signed his contract with Toronto, right? First year, no move clause. Second year, two and three of the deal, no trade clause. It's now moves to a modified no trade with a ten team no trade list. So that leaves twenty two other teams that he could get flipped to and um it, it he would have no say in it he, he'd have to go and, and play out the final year of that contract i will say that uh he is owed significantly more cash than aav that's a 700 uh no 7.5 million dollars in actual cash as opposed to just a 5 million aav so would that scare off some teams perhaps but and it's all salary too, no signing bonus. But uh, yeah, that that's an interesting name, an interesting name, Dave. Could you beat that? Could you beat TJ Brody for catch you off guard? For catch you off guard? Um. Oh man, off the top of my head, you took the good one. So, uh, like, would you get caught off guard if they traded? Timothy Lilligren. Mm, maybe, like not. It wouldn't be like, uh, oh, like, oh, snap. I'd be, I would be caught off guard if they traded Lilligren for like another prospect, obviously. But if it's like a hockey deal or they're trading for a more established veteran and somebody likes the upside of Lilligren. I think that would make some sense for them to to do that. You know, like I think they're looking to get bigger on the back end. Like that's what Brad Trilliving's teams have always been. So that's why I look at some of these players and I'm like, okay, size isn't necessarily the 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 calling card on a lot of these players, right? On this blue line. It's a pretty small blue line when you look at it both in size and you know, height and weight, you know, we will say. So I do wonder if we'll start to see him put his fingerprints on this team. And that could be, you know, focusing on trying to get bigger on the back end. 
and a guy like you know Lilligren, not the not the biggest guy, right? So maybe he would be trade fodder to try and bring in a you know more of what Tree Living is looking for back there. It could very much, pretty much be possible. I think the blue line, the fact that he mentioned it a couple of times, I think it's, and it's funny because that's the area that has had the most turnover over the last few years. And we could potentially see more of that. So it'd be very interesting to see if that actually happens. Yes, 100%. I'm just trying to see like what, if, if I can find an average, which I don't believe I can do. Why would it be that easy, right, to try and find an average of uh, uh, height and weight for guys? But there's not a lot of defensemen that they have that are uh, that are are over 200 pounds. Like Lilligren's under 200 pounds. Justin Hall's under 200 pounds. Gustafson, Geo's right around there. TJ Brody, 187. Uh, DJ, is TJ Brody their lightest defenseman? That's actually kind of surprising. But he is. 187 is their lightest, uh, lightest blue liner that they – that they currently have on the roster. All right. Uh, is that the last one? I think we got, That's the last we got one. All. We got them all. We did it. We did it. it. Took three episodes for us to finish all of them, but we did it, buddy. Uh, good stuff. Um, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms to receive daily Leaves content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore cannot call a Dave at D underscore more studio. Follow the show as well at lockdown leaves. Leave a like and a comment on YouTube down below. Uh, we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow, but until then keep it locked right here on lockdown leaves.